Welcome to episode 22 of the Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce podcast. This episode contains audio from our Chamber Live event, which took place on the 16th of February 2021 and was hosted by our Policy, Campaigns and Communications Director, Chris Fletcher. In this episode, Chris is joined by our Head of Research, Super Krishnan Harikara, who talks us through the results of the recent British Chambers of Commerce survey and what this tells us about the economic impact of both the current national lockdown and the implementation of the new Brexit deal. Philip Murphy, our skills coach, provides us with an update on his role at the Chamber as part of the Skills for Growth project that is funded by the European Social Fund and provided in collaboration with the Growth Company. This is followed by an announcement from our membership events and partner delivery manager, Leanne Gardner, about our new partnership with the Cyber Resilience Centre to support our members. She introduces Detective Inspector Grace Hulse from the Cyber Resilience Centre, who tells us more about the effect of cybercrime on UK business. Welcome everyone uh, to Chamber Live. If, for those of you that are joining us again, welcome back. For those of you joining us for the first time, hello, it's great to see you. Uh, the purpose of the event really is just to give an insight really to some of the things uh, that's going on at the Chamber uh, from the point of view of uh, new services, some of the partners we're working with, and also some of the research work we've done as well, which we'll come on to in a minute. Uh, we are recording the event. We've got uh, we've got a video uh, of it as well as the uh, sound recording, and we'll be putting those up as a podcast and also on our YouTube channel in the next 24 hours. So if there's something that somebody said or you want to watch again or just find out a little bit more information about, please look at that if you want to also let other people, other colleagues uh, other associates know uh, to watch something, then we'll make sure that you can send that link through as well. As ever, the chat box is uh, is up and running. So if anybody's got any questions or comments, please put it in there. We'll try and get through as many of those as possible uh, over the next 30, 35 minutes or so. Uh, anyway, first up, um, a, uh, I think um, it, it was on leave a couple of weeks ago at our last Chamber Live event. Um, so we did miss uh, his, his unique insight and, and uh, explanation of some of the things that's going on. But our first speaker is uh, is going to be our Head of Research, uh, Subra. Subra, good morning. Good morning, Chris, and good morning, everyone. That's okay. Uh, Subra, last week or, or over the last uh, few days or so, there was um, a British Chambers of Commerce survey uh, results that came out looking at the impact of, of Brexit and COVID, the two biggest things probably impacting business at, at, at present. What, what, just as a sort of summary, what, what were the results saying about businesses and, and particularly businesses in Greater Manchester? How are they being affected by what's happening at present? Um, yes, uh, thank you, Chris. Yeah, so there was this uh, cha- uh, this British Chambers of Commerce um, survey which took place in the second half of uh, January. Um, and it was uh, primarily to assess uh, two things, the economic uh, fallout uh, from uh, the third national lockdown um, and, and the set of restrictions that we had leading up to the festive season. But also, of course, this milestone event that took place at the very end of December, which is uh, the uh, UK leaving the EU, but then also securing a, a deal. And so the, the upshot of the results, um, no surprises on the core economic uh, fallout. Um, it, clearly, the festive uh, trading season has been a weak one. Uh, it was uh, uh, slightly worse than expected in terms of uh, retail sales and um, uh, so on. 
Uh, and so the balances uh, relating to uh, both domestic demand uh, and international demand have gone uh, slightly down. Uh, but the other important aspect is, of course, in terms of you know the, the sustainability of many businesses, you know, cash reserves, and so on. on. On that, the picture has not changed uh, significantly. So roughly 40% of businesses are still reporting uh, that they only have enough cash reserves to see them through a three-month uh, period. Um, and But the remaining 60% uh, have cash reserves uh, to last them uh, beyond uh, the three-month period. So you know, there are clear concerns uh, because we are now coming up to nearly one year since the uh, first uh, lockdown uh, was uh, implemented. Uh, we have had business uh, support measures. Uh, the take of business support measures has, has been uh, good. Um, some restrictions that had previously been put in on the furlough scheme, et cetera, have been uh, relaxed slightly. So new employees can still go into uh, the uh, furlough scheme and so on. So the, the, the message from the results, so far as the COVID uh, uh, economic fallout is concerned, is this. The UK government should not bring in restrictions uh, at this uh, time. This is not the time to actually cancel the support measures, which are already available to businesses. Uh, some of those support measures will probably need to be in uh, place for slightly longer. So the furlough scheme is due to end on the 30th of uh, April, uh, as, as, as per current plans. Uh, I think that is probably too early. Uh, I, many businesses, especially in the worst affected sectors, will not be back to normal before the 30th of April. So those measures will need to continue slightly beyond that 30th of April uh, deadline. On the Brexit issue, you know, the headline findings are that some businesses are saying, of course, it is too early because the you know field work was conducted in the second half of January, so it was slightly early. But then the experience of the first three four weeks has been that nearly half of exporters are struggling to make the adjustment with the additional compliance requirements, with the extra paperwork that they need to now uh, uh, fill in and complete before they can actually ship uh, goods. Um, so particularly we were focused on uh, goods because of you know, all of the challenges at the border, but also the additional paperwork, uh, you know, new compliance requirements, new audit requirements, uh, et cetera. And, you know, those adjustments are going to be uh, expensive for business in terms of, you know, the, the steep learning curve, as I call it, uh, to adjust to these uh, new procedures, but also the additional uh, bureaucratic requirement uh, of filling in six, seven sheets of paper uh, mm. to, to ship even the smallest uh, quantity of goods. A couple of weeks ago, we had, um, I think it was Lewis and also Susanna on as well, and, and we've, we've spoken about as well about the number of, queries we're getting from from businesses uh about that we, we've not seen any slowdown in that haven't we not it's not been a case of businesses suddenly you know after a few weeks getting used to this we, we've not seen any slowdown in those numbers of of, of queries no we have not uh, seen any slowdown in the query so that, you know the tracker spreadsheet that we are maintaining is now well into uh you know 300 plus uh, and the, you know, probably the same margin by which england lost the test this morning <laughs> You know, so that, you know that's <laughs> sort of a football analogy. You know, it's it's a cricket analogy. It's just uh, keeping. Anyway, still No, go on then. Sorry, go on. So, you know that that's that's where we are. You know, the, the significant amount of inquiries coming in. Yeah. And if you look into the the themes that these inquiries are fall under broadly, um, VAT issues are uh, top of the list. You know, questions uh, related to rules of origin are again, uh, you know, top of the list. 
And the third area where uh, those inquiries are coming in are all related to uh, compliance, you know, mm-hmm. paperwork. What, yeah. what do I need to fill in uh, to actually get these goods yeah. across the border? You know, th- yeah. those types of questions are what we are facing with uh, yeah. at this moment. Yeah. And all that is, is adding extra cost, extra time, extra resource uh, for businesses to 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 do trade with, with the EU. Uh, and I think that's important. I know I've, I've spoken to a couple of businesses whereby they've got market, they've got customers outside of the EU as well as inside the EU. And it's the ones in the EU that's causing the most problems. Everything else is carrying on around this. You know, if you're shipping goods or whatever it is to the States, uh, it's, it's virtually carry on as you were, but obviously the big upheaval is is around those new rules around the EU. Just one final thing, so there, there was a, a series of um, uh, ONS Office of National Statistics uh, numbers uh, released uh, results released at the end of last week for, for growth. Uh, well, not not really growth uh, in in the UK for last year, and also. Uh, some indication as to the current state of, of the economy or whatever. Uh, anything surprising in those numbers? You know, there's a 9.9% drop uh, in in growth in, in, in the UK last year. I guess we were really expecting that, weren't we? Correct. And it was, you know, some people might argue slightly better than uh, uh, expected uh, because the, the forecast was anything uh, between 10 and 12% uh, drop in growth. It was 9.9%. Um, slightly better than, you know, the 11.1% uh, where there was a, consens- a consensus on um, uh, towards autumn. Uh, uh, look, I mean, it's 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 hardly surprising. Uh, and if we actually look into those uh, figures as to which sectors actually grew and which uh, sectors didn't, uh, you would see that, you know, the services sector is um, still to an extent uh, struggling. Uh, exporters are uh, starting to struggle now, even exporters within the manufacturing um, sector. Uh, sectors that are actually doing well, subsectors, I should say, uh, you know, food manufacturing is doing really well. Um, the supermarkets, the big supermarkets are uh, doing uh, uh, really well and so on. And so, uh, you know, the message that again comes out of it, which is uh, confirmed by uh, the British Chambers of uh, Commerce survey, and hopefully that is what we are trying to find out with the uh, QES survey, field work for which is currently open uh, at the moment. Uh, is you know what is the continued economic uh, fallout is is just part of the issue. But the more important thing is what what is it that businesses are actually requiring help with, you know yeah. what what is the uh, the outlook for employment. Uh, those are the kinds of issues that we need to um, uh, find out. So you know ten percent uh, drop in growth, which will probably the one point seven million uh, people unemployed since uh, since the uh, pandemic uh, started, etc. So they're all in line with the uh, forecasts. Um, so I think the the, the the first quarter of uh, 2021 is expected to be worse than the last quarter of uh, 2020. And that is because of the current national lockdown, especially with essential uh, retail now uh, closed. Because in the, in the fourth quarter of 2020, we have the month of October where actually retail and hospitality were uh, open. Hospitality had some restrictions in GM, but generally in different parts of the UK. And then November was a national lockdown. In December, we had a relaxation. Everything was open for a couple of weeks, and then the restrictions uh, were imposed again. So you did have that boost because of that relaxation and the opening up. But we don't expect uh, any opening up in the first quarter of uh, 2021. So it is highly likely that those figures will look weaker compared to last quarter. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you very much for that, Sabra. So I'll uh, ignore the cricket comment, um, but uh, I'll, I'll allow you that one. Um, but thanks very much, Sabra. Again, explaining some quite complicated stuff very, very easily as well. And I think one of the couple of things, really, uh, I mentioned the quarterly economic survey, it is open now. So there is a link just gone into the chat box from Leanne. So if you've not filled it out yet, please do so. And again, please encourage colleagues and uh, business associates to do so as well. Why it's important? It's important because it gives us a real insight and the first look at what is actually happening on the ground here in Greater Manchester in, in the economy that we all work in and live in. Uh, and there's no other business survey that does that in, in such a way as well. Just mentioned there the, uh, the government figures, the official figures for what happened back in December. Well, we're in February now. Uh, December's OK, but I'd really like to know what's happening here now or what may be happening in the next couple of months. The QS is a way of finding out what, what that actually looks like much, much quicker than any other government figures or anything like that. It's just important we do get those numbers completed. So if you can do, please do so and complete that. So, Britt, thank you very much once again uh, for your, your your insight and your time today uh, on those subjects. And we will promise, hopefully sometime this year, uh, we will talk about some good news stories uh, for the economy. They're just few and far between at the present moment in time, but we will get the There is light at the end of the tunnel. Thanks very much, Subra. Uh, we'll now move on to uh, our, our second uh, guest this morning. Uh, it's, uh, it's Philip Murphy, who um, is, uh, is a member of the executive team here at Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce. Philip, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Excellent. And you're here to talk about uh, skills for growth. That's correct. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Just want to explain a little bit about what, what your job role is, because uh, probably a lot of people know you uh, from various things that you do with the Chamber, but a little bit about, about your, your current job role uh, and also skills for growth. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm actually now employed as a skills coach. So I started this role within the membership team early November. So I'm here this morning really just to give you an update on what the Skills for Growth programme is all about. Okay. So um, Skills for Growth was launched in late autumn last year, and it will actually run until June 2023. It's funded by the European Social Fund, um, and Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce is working in collaboration with the growth company to deliver what I think is a very exciting programme. Um, it offers fully funded support, which includes one-to-one -one consultation, future-proof advice and guidance to make uh, to make it sure to make ensure that your business outsmarts any challenge. Uh, Skills for Growth works with business and employees, so that it enables growth and change in Greater Manchester. Uh, it's designed to upskill existing staff, and it can be used to support both in-work employees as well as furloughed employees to help maintain engagement in their roles. Some of the sort of key headlines for the programme are it works with business to identify current and future skills gaps. It works with individual employees to identify training needs to support the employer's growth ambitions and upskill for the future. We research and identify suitable provision on behalf of the business and the employees. 
And what we also do is we broker the relationship between the business and the skills providers. So there's a lot of research that takes place um, on behalf of the employer and the employees to make sure that the provision that they're receiving is, is spot on and correct. And I suppose finally, uh, it helps engage business in wider GM skills initiatives, such as the Good Employment Charter and Bridge GM. Okay. So that's just a little bit about uh, skills for growth. Yeah. You mentioned there, Philip, that it is fully funded. Um, what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, good question. Um, I think sometimes people get the the wrong impression when when they say fully funded they sometimes think everything's free and I think to use the word free can devalue the the program anyway the engagement advisor and the skills coach offer their time to research the appropriate courses for the business and the individual employees so really what you're getting uh, as an employer is the time that the engagement advisor and the skills coach offer to this program so what we can do is uh, search the marketplace for the courses, qualifications that the company or the individual have have expressed an interest in. They might be free and where possible, we'll do our utmost to find a fully funded course. There are some out there at the minute that that I've found, but I think it's important that the company is aware that sometimes they may have to make a contribution. Um, And for any of this to happen, I have to stress that employees must complete what we call a business plan and employees uh, an individual plan first. Once they've done that, then the the skills coach can go away and start doing the research and doing the more interesting bit, getting the the company signed up to a a programme that's going to help grow their business or if it's an individual to help them upskill, which in turn will help the business grow. Super. What, what's the um, eligibility criteria for businesses who want to access the, the, um, the Skills for Growth programme? Well, this is actually quite interesting because usually there's probably a lot of criteria that businesses have to meet. For the SFG programme, it's just the following two. So as long as you are an SME, that is a business that employs between one and 249 employees, and you're based in the Greater Manchester area, then you can access the uh, Skills for Growth programme. It's open to any type of business. So it doesn't matter what type of business you are in any sector, you can take advantage of this programme, which, as I mentioned before, will run until June 2023. Okay. Um, And um, how do businesses access support from the programme and what's the uh, process that they undertake? Okay, so it's quite simple. First step is an engagement advisor will take some details and arrange an appointment. This can be done either via Teams or Zoom to meet with a skills coach. The engagement advisor will then onboard the client, send them details of the business plan, which they need to complete. The skill coach can then suggest programs that support the business growth ambitions and training courses and qualifications that would upskill their employees. Businesses and employees will receive support to complete the business plan, business plan and the individual plans respectively. And that support will actually uh, last for a total of 26 weeks. So from the first day, from the first day that uh, the coach meets with the business, there is 26 more weeks of support. So it's not kind of like a, 
one meeting and that's it. Uh, it's very much about having regular updates with the business to make sure that we're keeping them on track. And if there's any other training that they, they identify during those six months, then our job is to make sure that we locate that for them and that they can start that training and obviously support their business, support their employees. That's excellent. Philip, thank you so much for that. And again, it's 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 good to hear from, from somebody that's actually involved in a day-to-day basis with, with delivery of, of, uh, of some of these schemes and, and programmes. And, and again, it's something that, you know, uh, because they do include furlough staff, it's something that is flexible, yeah. agile, and it has responded to the circumstances that we're, we're in at present. So uh, it's really good. And, and, you, and you're finding the work good? You, you, you're enjoying it? Uh, yes, it is really good. Um, I think it's like everything. There's a there's a few months it takes to, to get into the role, but now I'm understanding what the role is about and piecing all the pieces of the jigsaw together. Yeah. It is really good. And it's it's great for businesses. It's great for individuals. You know, yeah. and I'm finding a lot of businesses now from a number of different sectors are really starting to uh, to take advantage of it. So, yes, it's definitely gaining some traction. Super. Philip, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. And again, uh, there's a, a link just gone in the, the, the chat there and also a, an email contact as well for people wanting to find out uh, more information about the scheme if they're interested in uh, in picking it up and, and taking advantage of it. Philip, thank you so much uh, for that. I'm now just going to hand over to uh, Leanne for, for the next uh, few minutes. Um, Leanne, over to you. Hi everyone, so I'm Leanne Gardner, I'm the Membership Events and Partner Delivery Manager and I'm pleased to announce that the Greater Manchester Chamber is now partnered with Cyber Resilience Centre, also a not-for-profit organisation. We'll be working with the team to protect organisations within Greater Manchester against online crime. It is something we're really excited about as it does apply to all businesses and it is essential for safety, data protection and even things such as scale-up opportunities for organisations. We have great Grace Hulse, Head of Cyber Innovation for Cyber Resilience Centre for Greater Manchester and also just as um, Detective Inspector at the Greater Manchester Police. I'll now pass back to Chris and Grace to continue. Thank you. Thanks very much, Leanne, and uh, and good morning, Grace. Welcome uh, to Chamber Live, and thank you so much for, uh, for for taking the time at present to uh, to come along and talk to us about the uh, the work at the Cyber Resilience Centre. Just want to explain a little bit about about your role uh, before we get in, into the work of of the um, of the centre. Um, uh, Head of Cyber Innovation is uh, is probably a job title that probably didn't exist a few years ago. So, what does that yes. involve? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm quite new to this role. I've only been in this role four weeks. Uh, and uh, like I've been introduced, I am a detective inspector. So up until four weeks ago, I was uh, embedded in the cybercrime unit at Greater Manchester Police investigating cyber crimes that have been reported by, by small businesses were included in this. What we saw in Greater Manchester Police and in National Policing was a rising trend in businesses reporting cybercrime that was having horrific and devastating effects on businesses. Um, and nationally, we needed to do something about this. 
it's similar to how we've responded to fraud in the past. We needed to set up a national project to make sure that you guys were supported and that we had the appropriate resources to do this. And the only way that we could do this as police was collaborating with what other agencies to be able to make sure that we reach this goal. So Police Scotland um, led the light on this and set up their first uh, cyber resilience centre for the whole of the UK. Um, and it was really, really successful, really supporting um, SMEs and micro businesses and making sure that um, everyone was secure when it came to their cyber defences. Because of the success of this, um, it has started to roll out nationally. Um, Greater Manchester, I'd like to say proudly, were the second ones to take on the reins of this. Uh, and we've been embedded with our communities for quite a while now, um, which leads us to where we are today we're at the point in Manchester now where we're releasing our, our memberships and services to really hold your hand and support you into becoming cyber resilient companies okay and what what is that support how does the cyber resilience center directly support businesses in, in greater Manchester okay so there's this quite an umbrella really of support that we can provide to people. And I just want to say that um, I am a police officer, so I'm not here to put a hard sell on, on anybody. Um, my, my heart is in this, so I want to make sure that everyone's supported. And if we can do that for free, we will do. Um, so the main thing that we do for free is our core membership so any company can sign up to our core membership on our website and that really is your foot in the door um, for us to start, start supporting you and with our core memberships you'll receive um, emails access to webinars that um, are all relevant and topical as to what's going on the main different thing that we do um, in relation to the communication we can provide you for free is because of our collaboration with the police, with myself and um, Neil Jones, who's the detective superintendent. We can provide you real time um, updates on what is the current threat? What is the current threat to your company? And I'll come on to that in more detail later, but I know what the current um, ransomware strains are and how um, that is going to affect your company, how that is going to penetrate your security systems. I know um, the latest mechanisms for um, a DDoS attack or any attack on your infrastructure because it's been reported to us on a weekly basis. So with that knowledge, we can really help provide um, the businesses of Greater Manchester with the information they need to make sure they're secure. Um, and that's reflected in our webinars as well, really, um, just so we can go into it in more depth. And we just want to give you as much information as we can to make sure it doesn't happen to you and you don't become one of the victims that, that we see on a, on a weekly basis. And that link between the, the Cyber Resilience Centre and, and Greater Manchester Police is, is, is very close, obviously. And, and I suppose you're a good example of, of that, where you, you're sort of footing both camps, delivering that frontline service and support to, to business? Yeah, uh, we work very, very closely um, with uh, Greater Manchester Police and also with our local businesses like yourselves, with um, being strategic partners. And we work with education and the universities to help us to deliver some of the paid services that um, our company does as well. So 
I have, like you say, my foot in both camps. So even though I'm the head of the Cyber and Innovation Centre during the day, I also am working for the police at the same time. So I have weekly meetings with uh, Greater Manchester Cybercrime Unit. I am an ex-employee of Greater Manchester Cybercrime Unit. I also have links to regional policing and cover the, the whole of the Northwest um, in an advisory role. So it really is hand in hand and um, we're very close. And it wouldn't be successful otherwise. It has to be a team approach in, in tackling all the uh, growing trends in Greater Manchester. Mm-hmm. One of the questions we sometimes get from, from people when you get into this is, well, why, why would I as a business want to improve my cyber resilience? Why? Why? Because it, it's almost like this sort of it'll never happen to me scenario. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say to those people? Because I'm sure you may get that yeah. from people um, time to time. I'm I'm passionate about this side of cybercrime and I'm forever banging the drum really to to get this message across. And all I'll say is cybercrime is a very invisible threat to most people. Um, One day they'll be running a successful company, um, the the money will be coming in, the staff will be happy. um, Everything will look and feel like it's very healthy. Um, They'll leave work on the Friday um, feeling that they're successful and then they'll come in on the Monday and their business will be gone. Um, for example, um, a new strain of ransomware will rip through their security systems and all their data will be encrypted and they'll be left with nothing. They won't have the banking. They won't have any customer details. Everything will be gone. And I have seen too many times businesses, regardless of size, be absolutely destroyed and being unable to function as a result of cybercrime. And it's easily preventable most of the time. If you have the right cybersecurity in place, it won't happen to you. And that's the message we want to get across. It's uh, most of the time can be quite low cost or even free to, to implement these processes. Um, and it will stop you becoming one of those victims that I have to go and visit. Um, and it will stop you becoming that and, and seeing the devastating effects it can have. Hmm. What, 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 Sort of cyber attacks go to, uh, to to businesses. I mean, is, are we seeing different trends now beginning to appear? Because we obviously mentioned ransomware quite a bit, but I sort of imagine there's a, there's a broad range of other threats to business. And, and at times like this, when everything's all a little bit up in there and Brexit, and we've heard already, haven't we, about all sorts mm-hmm. of things going on, are businesses more prone at this time to, to these types of attacks or could it happen any time? Yes, definitely. And I'll be honest, it's been harder to spot the trends because of COVID and remote working. Um, it's the, the trends or the volume of work has massively increased um, in Greater Manchester and across the Northwest when it comes to cybercrime. The trends have become more complex. Um, so I know we've already mentioned ransomware, but ransomware strands, strands, put my teeth back in (laughs) strands have have become very complex and interesting in the last couple of months in relation in correspondence with covid Um, they're getting far more harder to solve um, and to get a company back 
up and running is becoming um, harder and we need to be more knowledgeable when it comes to this. Um, we've seen the likes of DDoS attacks, so denial of service attacks, um, become more prevalent uh, because your company is more reliable on being online. It means that you're more of a target for people that want to do this kind of thing to you. If people want to take your website down now or your internal services down now, it would mean that you can't function, whereas before you still had the capability of sitting in the office. So we have seen that, that increase as well. Another thing is um, criminals have been taking advantage of um, knowing that all your staff are working at home. Some of them with exceptional knowledge in relation to cybersecurity, some with none. And they will um, be using phishing emails, um, phishing emails in relation to COVID vaccinations um, or um one's pretending to be from the CEO of the company asking to change the payment information and stuff like that. So they've been really thinking about ways to target the whole of the company. So from the lower end in relation to phishing scams, which most of the time can be easily identified straight through to knocking your complete um, internal and external IT infrastructures offline. So it, it's been um, interesting um, as a police officer to see the way it's changed and the, the volume of crimes has ramped up in relation to this area. Um, but it's also been quite scary to see the hole um, that some businesses have in their security. Um, and I, I believe if, if you don't approach your cybersecurity holistically, um, then you do leave yourself wide open to, to these threats and this type of cybercrime. Okay, thanks, Grace. And one final thing, anybody out there that wants any information or whatever, there's a couple of, uh, um, uh, there's, there's email address and, and, and the web address uh, in uh, in the chat box. But I guess don't put it off till tomorrow if you need that conversation no. today. Yeah, we, we really want to help. We do really want to help. So please reach out to us. Um, and also if um, you need to reach out to the cybercrime unit at the police as well, then just um, give us a call and we'll make sure you support it as best as we can. Okay. Thank you very much, Grace. There's a couple of, uh, of interesting comments. And again, one uh, from, from Ray Power about, you know, it makes you think, imagine if your Gmail, you know, Microsoft account, Dropbox, MailChimp were hacked and lost. Uh, you know, it's when you when you put it bluntly like that, that you suddenly realise what impact that could actually have. You know, sometimes when you've just not got the internet access for half an hour, people tend to lose their minds, don't they? So yeah. imagine if you lost all your data and all your business on it as well. I can't imagine what, what that must feel like. Uh, and again, um, uh, Subra sits on the expert group of the Cyber Resilience Centre uh, as well. And he, he obviously strongly recommends businesses to, to get in touch uh, uh, again with that. Uh, Grace, thank you so much for your time. It must be really busy. Uh, at the time and it's great to, to talk to you today uh, and just explain a little bit more about the work of the Cyber Resilience Centre, your work as well, to find absolutely fascinating and uh, slightly worrying as well. Uh, to be quite <laughs> yeah. good. I don't uh, mean to scare it, people. <laughs> no, I know. Well, well, this is it. And and I think anybody that, that um, you know, uh, that, that understands this stuff realises that, you know, it, it, it's, the, it's a real threat um, and don't think it'll never happen to you because, it can do, uh, and, and mm. it may, do, uh, and we would need to be uh, vigilant against that. So, thank you very much for uh, for that. And uh, obviously, uh, we are working very closely in partnership with the Cyber Resilience Centre, uh, because again, it's part of that whole picture, isn't it? Uh, and we were talking about this uh, just just before we went live today. You know, we're talking about 
you know, everybody, uh, you know, getting back, getting the economy back up and running again. Uh, we've focused a lot, you know, on, on uh, for example, you know, getting laptops and mobile devices to children that can't get into school or one thing or another. How do we keep those people safe when they're online as well? Um, it's important that we think about these things you know, and, and make sure we cover all angles on it. Uh, yes, we do want a strong economy, but we've also got to make sure that it's one that's as safe as possibly can be as well. So Grace and her colleagues there at the Police and the Cyber Resilience Centre playing the part in that. Thank you very much. And that concludes uh, our Chamber Live for today. Um, thank you to all our, our uh, speakers. Covered a huge range of topics, everything from uh, filling out VAT forms for exporting to uh, the EU, finding out how you can uh, benefit from the Skills for Growth program uh, and also perhaps as well a bit of a, a, a call to, to action really about making sure that your business is safe if it's trading online and how you can prevent major disruption uh, to uh, to that going forward. A couple, uh, couple of other notices this time next week. Uh, it'll be our fortnightly chamber networking event. Uh, the events brief is out later on today, so look out for that dropping into your inbox. Uh, and it's got all the details of, uh, of that event and all, all the rest of, of uh, the events that we're running in at present. An awful lot going on at present around Brexit and, and new, uh, new considerations, new processes, new procedures. Look out for those uh, on that. Another reminder, please complete the quarterly economic survey. It is so important we get the accurate voice of business, the views and the concerns of, of businesses. And also uh, this week, we've got our disruptors event as well, looking at the businesses that are disrupting uh, Greater Manchester in a positive way. That sounds a bit, uh, a bit bad when you put it like that, but it's good disruption. There's bad disruption and good disruption. This one is definitely good disruption about new types of business uh, and what they're doing. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, for all our speakers remember to uh, stay safe both online and also uh, out in the real world as well we've got all the details in the chat box of some of those events and i look forward to speaking to you all again in a fortnight's time for our next chamber life thank you and enjoy the rest of your day